Welcome to this week's podcast. This podcast is on anarchist activity, ideas, and comments from the previous week on anarchist news. Know what is new this week. ということで、ひなたの家の庭でキャンプすることになったのです。あおい、ペグ打って。え、犬？それはパグ。ペグって杭のことだよ。そこにあるでしょ。杭なら杭って言いなさいよ。ちょい外側に倒してしっかり打ち込んでねえいペグに針綱を引っ掛けて全体を固定したら完成わーおちゃんと出来上がったようだね楽勝うんこれなら大丈夫だろう<笑> Hello and welcome to another reading from the Anarchist Library where we bring you something relevant Topical, or at least interesting, written by and/or about anarchists. This week, I'll be reading an excerpt from "How to Start a Fire: An Invitation" by Anonymous. You can find this and other fine works on theanarchistlibrary.org, and join in on the conversation at shh. This is a library at shh.anarchyplanet.org. How to start a fire. An invitation. In sum, there is a side organized to preserve this civilization through every crisis that signifies its impending collapse, and there is a side that is getting organized to usher in a very different future from the one in store for us. These two sides, situated on either pole of a collapsing order, are the forces that constitute a global civil war. This conflict cannot be reduced to a debate over who should run the government. Nor what sort of government we ought to have. This conflict transcends questions of the economy or social inequality. This conflict has to do with the future of human and non-human life, of what it means to be alive in a time when all social interaction produces computerized information. We have entered a new geological age, marked in its emergence by a fantastic tragedy. We must grapple with the real questions of our time. What does it mean to be human in the twenty-first century? How will we feed ourselves in a desert, in a nuclear wasteland, in the ashes of a city? How do we shut down a metropolis? How do we meet those trapped in the rural suburban mess? How do we pursue our desires? With whom do we live? And how? How do we learn? How do we love ourselves and each other? We must be willing to see our situation for what it is and to provide practical answers to those questions. The whole world is at stake. We would like for each insurrectionary event, witnessed on a global scale, to make itself permanent. We would like to live inside of these phenomena, inside of these communes, which feed themselves, clothe themselves, debate, dance together, fight together, grieve together, and expand. A number of obstacles rush to meet us. A number of ready-made answers to those questions we never should have asked. Barbed wire at the edges of the path to prevent us from wandering elsewhere. So what now? We'd like to make a break for it right away to really be done with it all. But at the end of the day, the force of our no depends on the collective power behind it. That power must be built. Get property, pirate radio, build stoves, learn to cook, learn languages, get arms, open street carts and businesses, occupy buildings, set up cafes, diners, restaurants, pizza shops, bookstores. Permaculture, mend wounds, lathes, giant pots, orchards, build friendships, acquire film equipment and make documentaries, 
talk to old comrades, learn martial arts, read, travel, learn from each other, write newspapers, weather the hard times, loot, hold regional gatherings, write internal journals, refine the art of sabotage, distribute counter-information, offset presses, raw materials and the means of production, 3,000 camping bowls, survival packs, organic seeds, share thoughts, feelings, and practice, learn history and learn from history, build tables, make art, go to the woods, summer retreats, dance parties, get cars, steal money, move close to each other, start uncontrollable riots. Over the course of the last four years, we have deliberately and serendipitously begun the process of constituting ourselves as a material, insurrectional force. We have found each other in the parks and the streets, transformed as everything was for those months during Occupy. Although our story finds its origin in chance encounters, high schools, punk shows, art scenes, cafes, bars... We locate the emergence of our collective power in the wave of unrest that we have had a hand in shaping. Along the way, we have been inspired by many others who have gotten organized in their own ways. Hacker collectives, urban farms, DIY art spaces, crisis cults, and everyday hustlers. In this time, we have learned well that the environment we currently inhabit, call it capitalism, civilization, empire, the West is constructed to prevent the foundation of any real threat to the present system. The political identity is offered to us, anarchist, environmentalist, Marxist, socialist, were constructed for a historical moment which has passed. They have not, for decades, equipped themselves with the means to actually fight. We leave behind the baggage that left us weak and burdened, but still hold on to what has given us strength. As we have struggled together, as we have grown older, We have been confronted by a number of forces that have threatened, and still threaten, to pull us apart. Against the tendency to drift away, to become lost, to return to the lonely solitude of capitalist normalcy, to become mired with negativity, we have chosen to hold on to one another. This is not merely a theoretical decision, but a lived practice. Having witnessed the fact that every social movement and every struggle ends because of a failure to create the conditions for its survival, we have chosen to create an offensive that can sustain itself. We must discover in every moment that which puts us in touch with our power, with our potential. We must defeat that which separates us from it. The process of building a force has both already begun and requires infinite new beginnings. Beginnings that occur within what is immediately present and available. With this text, we intend to incite the formation of a revolutionary territory across the region. We are writing to answer the question we ask, and are asked daily. But really, what should we be doing? We have spent too long avoiding an answer, and have found the common responses impoverished. Too often, the people we meet only briefly encounter the possibility of living differently— and are either lost in the compulsion to return to normalcy or mistake an existing political community as the only opportunity to begin. While friendships are crucial to our struggle, we believe wholeheartedly in the capacity of everyone to immediately begin the process of building a revolutionary force from wherever one may stand. It should go without saying that there are no gatekeepers. Anyone, anywhere, can and should begin from wherever they are, immediately. In what follows, we will present our vision for a possible near future and offer steps toward its realization. 
from a weak starting position of isolation to a situation of ever-increasing revolutionary force. The vision is one that we have elaborated together over the course of several years, in car rides and late-night conversations, in bars and in parks, with comrades from our own city and from across the world. The practical suggestions contained here should be understood as real possibilities, each connected to the next in the coherence of a strategy. We ask that you think of your own life, your own friends, your own inclinations, and consider fully, beyond what is expressed here, the possibility of making a permanent break. One thing is clear from the start, there's no way in hell that any of us is going to succeed alone. What is required is something that transcends me as an individual actor in every way that I've been taught to relate to the world, my friends, myself. Hence the first practical step in the war against the status quo, find each other. This is the topic of the week, the anarchist campsite. This is Vale, and I'm joined by... Donnie fucking don't! How's it going? We're going to read the topic now, huh? Yep. Go for it. Earlier this summer, the Anarchy 2023 Festival in... How did you say this pronounced? Saint, Saint Imir? Saint-Imir. In, in Saint-Imir. 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 <laughs> took place with photos of hundreds of tents pitched and anarchists camping together. While the festival in Saint-Imier had a much larger focus than just coming together to go camping, over, these, over the years, these events where anarchists make a camp together to just hang out, have conversations with new and old friends, and spend time together seem to have become less common, while events like book fairs have taken center stage for the anarchist meetup. This week, we're sitting down at the A News communal fire pit to share our thoughts on the anarchist campsite. Is doing camping, uh, is going camping with other anarchists something that is of interest to you? Does the event have to include workshops and talks to get you there? Or is the idea of just spending time with other anarchists enough to get you on the road? What would an anarchist campsite in 2023 look like? Where might be good locations to have such an event? 
What kind of historical examples are there of anarchists getting together to go camping? How have they done it well or poorly? What annoys you the most about the idea of the anarchist campsite? The, uh, the comments were largely unhelpful, so we can probably blast past those this time. Yeah, yeah, I spent so much time paying attention to them. <laughs> um, yeah, the fire's roaring here at the A News camp, uh, communal campfire in uh, Hearth. Yeah. Is that how you say that? <laughs> Hearth? Um, I, I've got the Saint-Imier, but not... Saint-Imier! Yeah. <laughs> um, those guys in Saint-Imier. It, it, it sounds like a neighborhood outside of Boston. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's a real Bruin stronghold out there, yeah. Saint Amir. Um, yeah, so you've been to uh, a lot more. It seems like kind of anarchist campsites and convergences. I feel like I've mostly experienced anarchist stuff through like fairly urban contexts, and like I've gone to like more like kind of maybe like music or like gay camp out sort of things um or like queer if we're being you know not just gay men or whatever like that um so yeah it's it's odd because like sometimes those things converge or there's things that like kind of run parallel in that sense like um like things like ida um ida palooza or like you know general like kind of um forget the name of the other one but the other like radical fairy kind of campsites and like regional radical fairy things and then like burns that aren't like burning man like proper like out in like different regions and rainbow gathering i i never had like a lot of that kind of zone either but yeah um so yeah most of what i think i've been acquainted with is largely like social spaces in like a city right um, yeah in, in like that context of like <clears throat> urban hangouts and like fairly like urban settings and socialization yeah um yeah i i used to go to a lot of anarchist campouts. i've been to a couple recently and it's like i, I didn't go for about a decade mm-hmm. um and then starting this year i i went to a couple yeah i used to uh through the 2000s I went to, I want to say, like, five crime think convergences mm-hmm. and probably about as many, like, region, uh, about as many Earth First gatherings, some, some of which regional and some of which national. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were other, like, yeah, like, I think there like, were just, like, anarchist action camps or, like, stuff like that in, in the North Carolina area where I was living at the time sometimes, too, that were not even, um, like, necessarily, like, Earth First connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just like it was a a pretty common model for stuff back then. I remember. Yeah. yeah, it seems like I mean it seems like there is a lot of stuff that goes on like that. I mean, there's it's there's still like Earth First camps. Yeah, it seems like yeah every bit. year. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, Earth, and then multiple like smaller Earth First, more skill based things too. Yeah, so Earth First does climb camps, yeah. and then like different campaigns will have action camps sometimes, and then the like national Earth First does uh, a summer gathering and a smaller, shorter winter gathering mm-hmm. uh, as as well. Um, there was also what the what was it the anarchist summer school thing is that yeah thing? I don't I don't know as much about that but that sounded like it was a camp out as well yeah I heard it was there was like a troublemakers camp that I got invited to a bunch of years ago nice I think as well that I didn't didn't wind up going to but it sounded really nice yeah 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of stuff. Um, so, like, specifically the topic, um, did you write this, by the way, the topic? I did not write it. Oh, okay. Specifically, it uh, kind of talks about um, things like book fairs taking, like, kind of primacy over these kind of the campground convergence partnered probably more with like workshops kind of like model of how anarchists spend time together. And like, it seems like the Santamia thing was kind of like a big return to that. Albeit in like a different context, the context being like Europe and Europe's anarchist scene right? with, you know, people from the U S making it there too, as well, obviously. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because I feel like I feel like the um, subculture within anarchism, if one can say that these days, has shifted and like incorporated a lot more of the hallmarks of things that one might call like, I guess derogatorily like lifestyleist that was huh. like kind of like rooted heavily in subculture. Um, but like a lot more of the activity and meetups have been like very much oriented around like things like book fairs or zine fairs and outreach oriented things and a lot less of like kind of subcultural sort of events. And maybe that's a inaccurate read. No, that's interesting because I, I, I hadn't noticed the first part, but I definitely noticed like the second part. Yeah. That it seems like book fairs are, are like a more outreach oriented uh, thing. Although I think like stuff like the Earth First Rondi and the old like crime think convergences, um, I think partially like maybe like there used to be a more like nationally focused mm-hmm. anarchism. We're not not nationally focused, but we're like because there were a lot less of us, mm-hmm. you were more likely to maybe like find a zine or something like that. Sure. And not be able to, like, locate the crew in your city. And so stuff like the Crime Think Convergence or the Earth First Gathering were like, oh, this, like, book fell into your lap somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to find these people, you know. And yeah. and that was, like, the annual chance to, like, go find the fucking nut jobs that, like, wrote the book or the magazine or whatever that's, like, been fucking up your life for nine months. Right. Um, or years or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It seems like a lot of the kind of anti-save kids are like very into zines these days. It's like their big thing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's like having texts that you can read mm-hmm. away from a computer outdoors. Or oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. It seems more like, um, a lot of the persistent sort of kind of off gritty kind of like exercise camp stuff seems like it's taking place maybe a little more in a milieu that one would associate slightly more with like kind of social anarchists and stuff i don't know maybe that's uh maybe that's like kind of subjective of like where i live and stuff like that gotcha but like um yeah i don't know i mean things have kind of flipped on some level a little bit but maybe that's also like pretty anecdotal um I, I mean, I think it's also that there aren't, like, huge, oh, what, like, kind of very, like, kind of platformist conference organization or platformist right. organizations really around anymore to, like, try and call for conferences as much uh, for their sort of thing. Um, so things have shifted a little bit more to the great outdoors and, and stuff. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I guess I'm, like, I'm not aware, I'm, and maybe this is just, like, me being off the 
off the map a little bit. Like, I'm not that aware of, like, big anarchist campouts other than the Earth First Gathering, which is substantially smaller, I think, than it was mm-hmm. a decade ago. Um, and, yeah, the crime thing convergences didn't continue. I think, like, some groups that are, like, not explicitly anarchist or in some areas aren't even anarchist. Like, I know, like, like the SRA has campouts in different parts around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, it seems like the ecological folks just have to have campouts, essentially, to bring people to the areas where they're actually operating sure. a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't seem like, a, like an, a, an organizing model the way that it used to. Where, like, you would go and spend, like, a week. Uh, and I think, to me, that's that's really my, my thing with the book fairs is that they they feel shorter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 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 the Montreal book fair feels more like an anarchist camp out to me than, like, one of, than, say, like, at least historically, like, the North Carolina anarchist book fair that's, like, mm-hmm. takes place for two days or something like that. So it's, like, yeah. Because like, to me, like, the downtime is the thing. You know, like I, where, where you like get to socialize and like mm-hmm. meet people and like make these connections. Um, and also I do feel like the, the book fairs have like a very like output heavy orientation where like publishers yeah. uh, come to them. I mean, I guess I, I don't know, like I haven't, I'll sure. be honest, I haven't been to one in a decade. And so like, I don't know what kind of like workshops and report backs, but like, like the Earth First Gathering, for example, like I... The only, I went to like three things the whole time I was there this year, mm-hmm. one of which was like some Atlanta forest report back stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like most of my time I just like hung out in the kitchen or like, yeah. uh, like down by the swimming hole, like, you know, like you just chill. Yeah. Um, and like workshops are fine for like people with very specific interests or like new folks. Um, but like most most people I talk to, like, limit their workshops that they go to, like, one a day or whatever, I mean, you know? I think to an extent, too, it's a way for people to kind of penetrate into, like, established social circles if they're, like, new people is to, like, show their interest through, like, workshops because, like, otherwise, you know, you're just kind of camping by yourself and you don't know the people that you're hanging out with too yeah, much. Yeah, well, but that's... Like, it gives you a context of, like, why you're there on some level. Right. I mean, to me, like, that was the thing, though. It was, like, day one. It was, like, okay, we have drainage issues along a bunch of the trails. Like, who wants to go work on work on the trails? And you've got a group, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you go and you all, like, get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's cool. Whereas, like, to me, book fairs... Book fairs felt like, like very short conferences, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, okay, like... I got to meet the people who publish my favorite books, but it like almost has the vibe of like meeting a band that you like, you yeah. know? Yeah, for or, sure. Like, or their label. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so like, yeah, I don't know. And, and like you get them on one side of the table and you're like kind of on the other. And I mean, I'll be honest, usually at the book fairs, I'm like behind the table with some like zine thing or whatever. But mm-hmm. still, it has that that kind of a vibe where like people walk up and like, don't know how to interact with me over sure. scenes and I can like try to help them. But uh, yeah, it just feels, I mean, and, and again, this is just like my own biases maybe, but yeah, the, the outdoor, like we're all here for like a week, you mm-hmm. know, like there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. I'm going to run into it meals like over and over again. And like, mm-hmm. like you'll have like a lot of times when you go to a book fair, I feel like most of the work has been preloaded, you know, right. um, 
by a few individuals who are organizing it. Whereas like, granted, usually like whatever collective is putting on like a uh, camp out, you know, we'll have sure like a, a core group, but like every morning it's like, okay, like we need like 10 people to work in the kitchen over the course of the day. And like mm-hmm. the participants have an opportunity to come and like put in labor, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and like help, help build the thing. Um, yeah. I, I definitely like learned to cook, you know, and especially cook for large groups from, from doing this kind of stuff. See, I feel like that's a thing where I, I don't know if, I don't know, maybe I, I, I'm, I don't want to make too many generalizations cause I feel like I make generalizations often. Based Generalize. On yeah. Well, I don't know if, um, like food, not bombs was like a big way of like me and my peers learning to cook too. Yeah. And, like, that stuff being integrated, like, that kind of, like, socializing and, like, mutual activity sort of thing, I think is, like, really good. And I think, too, I think in the last few years, like, the Food Not Bombs model changed a lot to, like, almost more, like, kind of grocery-based stuff. Yeah, um, which is probably more useful for your average person, but is maybe less rewarding for the people actually doing it. Sure. Well, yeah, it, like, escaped kind of its subcultural function of, like, socialization on some level. Yeah. And not in every city. Not every Food Not Bombs, even. But, like, I, I think it's, like, in at least a couple of the cities that I've lived in in the last, like, five years, I would say Food Not Bombs has, like, kind of shrunk down to, like, a small, like, a very small group uh, that, like, largely has like more capacity but doesn't necessarily have like as much like subcultural sway within like everybody in the community um because like they largely are operating in like a little more individualized things yeah i I mean that this also is not related to i i guess the the point that i'm trying to make through that on some level is like that sort of like activity and like the the kind of like shared work of activity among people for explicitly subcultural purposes is a a thing that like builds like a kind of subculture that um, aims a lot of like networking inward rather than like, I don't know, like maybe more kind of, um, not call to action, what is it? Like call, call to like, build awareness that like I think a book's fair kind of functions to do like by providing written material to the general public as yeah. a sort of thing um but yeah I mean like it's silly to think of like everybody like going a place to like, cook together for like a week for no reason other than to just feed themselves for a week either so yeah that's kind of like a uh I don't I'm, yeah I feel like I'm being kind of irrelevant no 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 I mean like I think <laughs> but I think I think report backs and skill shares are cool so like using earth first or crime think as models just as they were like probably the two most reproduced ones in the U.S. context at least like yeah like earth first if you go to like an earth first rondi or they're called gatherings now like like, you have the opportunity to learn how to put yourself in a tree. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to learn how to, like, do wilderness first aid, usually. Um, how to lock yourself to something. Mm-hmm. There will be report backs from, like, whatever, like, the like the cool campaigns going on right now. Mountain Valley Pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Standing Rock the year that year. Uh, A- A- Atlanta Forest Defense and stuff like that. Um some guy will have a like a super like sketchy 
workshop about like how to uh, yeah. fix and unfix like diesel engines and stuff like that, <laughs> you know. Um, and and yeah, and there's like there's some staple things, you know. So it's like what what everyone's been up to this year are like standard grab bag of skills and stuff. Mm-hmm. There'll be some plant walks, and then yeah, and then between that, you know, and. I, to me, it's cool because there's, there's, like, some cultural cohesion. Um, if you're new, yeah, there's all that stuff that you can go to. If you've mm-hmm. been to all of it, then, yeah, you just show up. You see the same people year after year, I think, is really great. Um, internal networking is – I'm going to chew on that for a minute because I think, like, like – It's tricky, right? Well, it's only mm-hmm. internal once a person – like, <clears throat> we were all external at some point, and mm-hmm. so, like – internal reinforcement maybe or something where like yeah affirmation yeah where like belonging to something yeah like i went back to earth first and like people i hadn't seen in a decade were still there and we're like oh what's up you're back you know Mm -hmm. um and there there is this very like like i think one of the reasons that like earth first is still around and like rising tide never really took off for more than a few years is because like earth first has this like rich subculture that it's built through a series of events like that, you know? Sure. And you know that like, like you don't know what happened to all the people from Rising Tide, but like if people are still doing Earth First stuff, like you can drop in on an Earth First gathering any year Mm -hmm. and like see half those folks, depending on which side of the country it's on, you know? Yeah. I, Uh, I feel like we exist in a space within like anarchist stuff that, largely um i think subculture has like really been kind of decimated yeah for Um, sure so like part of me wonders like like i mean if i guess if we're just affirming like like it's hard to build subculture in the lack of like space where there is like a kind of like subculture that people can find like a full a full like the idea of a subculture is something that you can find more or less like a full life it might be a meager kind of life and it might not exist outside of like oh i have to like work but largely like you know a subculture is something that one can belong to and like largely not exist outside of to Hmm. a degree um and or, or like like you can move within that for like most of your time and it doesn't feel like there's as much of an anarchist scene except in like um, or an anarchist subculture that like still is like taking new members on a lot of levels um, as much. Like I think there's like maybe like the kind of train hopping subculture is like still like fairly big. And like that is like an example of like where that dwells um, still within like anarchist scene stuff. But like, yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, it's it's not like everybody just became like corporate normies or something, but there isn't like quite the uh i don't know if it's like a visual thing or like a life uh, a lived like subcultural practice as much and i don't know if it's just at the baseline of like who is in anarchist spaces anymore is like typically people that are probably a good five to ten years older than what they maybe used to be and like um there's not as much like maybe as much like communal like big houses of just anarchists anymore because people are coming to things more individuated in a lot of ways. Yeah, I couldn't tell because I'm like pushing 40 and so I wasn't sure whether like giant collective houses are still a thing or whether like they're... I'm just not in them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I live same. like right down the street from one, but it's like people almost my age. Exactly. Yeah, it's people um, who like kind of never, like, like left the collective house right. model as much as it is like. I mean, I think people still like kind of build squat, like build a community or crack squats together, but. Um, and and that's this isn't a, a lament like oh god like look look at how bad like have you ever noticed there's no subcultures anymore well I but mean like to to be honest though like with housing prices what they are you would actually think you'd see see it more like a lot more yeah I mean like my first like collective house was like seven people squeezed into a two bedroom in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. you know that like. It only cost $900 a month. There wasn't a reason to squeeze seven people in there. We just did it because we hated to work and right. liked living with each other, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that feels like a thing that you would absolutely want to do now. Mm-hmm. Where like that 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 exact apartment is probably like several thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. It, it does kind of make me wonder um, too, like, is there a possibility that like anarchists would still just kind of gather for no real reason beyond being around other anarchists? Which like, like, because like, I like the idea of like hanging out in a space and like just killing time together. Um, and like doing it as like a planned thing. Like we're, we're just going to go out and we're just going to like, we're just going to make those weird cast iron pizzas with like white bread or something like around the campfire and like, that's going to be it. We don't necessarily have to do a workshop, but we're just going to all kind of catch up. And like, yeah, like this, it's like what we talked about in the, um, the topic itself. It's like, does there need to be a reason other than just being around each other to converge? Right. Well, I mean, I think for a big one, you want some kind of like, like to, I guess to pivot from earth first to like crime think in the two thousands where like, there really wasn't much. I mean, there there were workshops, but there wasn't mm-hmm. like a campaign or anything like that. Like it actually just was like, yo, this is where a bunch of other like anarchists are gonna be, sure. you know. And 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 the workshops ranged more to like cracking squats and lock picking mm-hmm. and shoplifting and like DIY bike repair and just a lot mm-hmm. of. Um, Things that spoke to, like, a lived subcultural practice in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should mention, too, that, like, in, what, two weeks or something is the Bashback Convergence. That's true. Yeah, that, that'll that be... And that, that almost feels more Earth-firsty to me insofar as that it has this, like, theme and this brand where, like, mm-hmm. it, it's at least, like, as someone who's not even remotely involved in that, it's my impression that they have, like, some things that they want to get out of it, you know? Sure. Um, where it's, like... Like, I think that's, like, for the purpose of, like, coordinating, like, defense mm. nationally. Yeah. Or, or, like, not a co- nationally coordinated defense. But you know what I'm saying. Like, networked. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I, I think that'll be interesting. Um, it's, it is interesting that it is in, like, a pretty urban location. Um, I mean, it's in Chicago. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, quite different than, like, almost everything that we've been discussing, which is like out in the, out in the country a little bit. Yeah. So um, part, yeah. part of the benefit to me of the anarchist camp out is like, so there was, I guess an alternate model that we could look at was like in the two thousands, there was something in DC called NCOR, mm-hmm. the national conference for organized resistance. Uh, and that was like a thousands person strong urban gathering that mm-hmm. happened every year. 
uh, and the infrastructural demands for it were much higher. Sure. I think is part of the benefit of the anarchist camp out is right. that like you just get a spot in a national forest. It's like a $45 permit or a $200 permit, but it's, it's cheap, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you get the food from wherever and you cook it in an outdoor kitchen that doesn't need to be up to code or anything like that. Whereas like, mm-hmm. yeah, Encore was like, we needed class, like we, we used the AU uh, classrooms and all that. Right. And, and, you it's know. much more infrastructural. Like yeah. There, requires if, way if, more coordination. If there wasn't a church that let people stay there, like every year, like I don't know how they would have ever housed all those people. And people were still, it was like, Huge housing boards, right? And it's D.C., so you've got more activist houses per capita than, like, any other city probably. And even with that, you've got, like, hundreds of people staying at this church, like, basically shoulder to shoulder. Um, And and to me, that had a lot of the benefits of an anarchist campout where people are seeing people over and over again for days because it was, like, a week long or whatever. Uh Um, You know, and and you are seeing people and you have all this downtime. uh, And I think, like, I forget. I think you could volunteer in the kitchen i was living in dc at the time so we just like did our own shit at our house but like Mm -hmm. i feel like it had a lot of the same benefits but yeah with just like a much higher infrastructural cost yeah there's something alluring to to people i think about the campsite sort of thing i mean i think it's like the good positive associations of like camping and i think there's like also kind of like a reverence that people have with like wanting to be out in nature and stuff there's a lot less, and probably a lot less cameras and stuff, yeah. which is good. Um, I mean, obviously not entirely safe, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I mean, Earth there, First asked that people leave their phones at their campsites. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... it's it's. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm, I was going to pivot a little bit so you can... Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I think there's like kind of a libidinal sort of thing about like the woods too for people, especially like... In subcultural context. I mean, like, one of the... I mean, I've seen a, a lot of report backs about Santa Mia. I'm, like, at this point through A News. But, uh, yeah, there was there was one that I read recently that was, like, a very, like, sex-oriented one. Um, both in, like, talking about, like, the kind of, like, organizers dealing with, like, kind of, uh, what, like, sex sexual difference and stuff. And, like, the kind of resulting, like trouble between like um accommodating gender and like privilege and stuff but then also like generally just like there was like a weirdly erotic part of it about people getting like i don't know like sucked off on a zamboni or something which like cool got like i don't know if i necessarily need to read that in your report back but like it's fine it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's cool um but like yeah i think like the kind of allure of the the woods as like this kind of like zone of like less inhibited uh, inhibited space out of like outside of like the urban context is probably quite nice yeah yeah i would say the 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 thing you run into with the urban context because and and now i'll I'll pivot to this thing is like so is it i feel like the no matter what you do there's like a certain yeah like um aesthetic or like like way of branding wherever you put it and like um you know crime think took heat for always being in the woods and mm-hmm. the final crime think convergence was the first urban crime think convergence uh and it 
someone had accused the constant woods convergences of being like ableist basically. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I'll say it, it is true that I was at an earth first gathering, uh, outside of Bloomington, Indiana, where people were like, like wringing their hands over how white the gathering was. Sure. And like one of the few black people there was like, Hey guys, like it's not like it is kind of a white gathering, but also like, here's the thing you need to understand. Like, we're in the woods of Indiana. Exactly. Like, yeah. I have lots of friends from Providence who would love to be here right now. Not here. They would love to come to something like this. Uh-huh. But they're not going to come to the woods of Indiana. Like, this is, sure. this is clan territory, you know? Yeah. I love that you guys throw down here. I think it's important that you throw down here. Don't stop throwing down here. But also, just, like, don't expect a ton of folks who look like me to show up. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like be driving around these roads late at night or whatever. You know, right. that's just it's just not. And and so, I mean, I think part of it is like you do need to on some level like and then and and so then crime thing. Yeah. Pivoted. Uh, you know, they had an event in in Pittsburgh and, you know, whether or not you want to take the critique in good faith, which I generally don't. But like. There was, like, accusations of, like, gentrification. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, yeah, and stuff I, I, like that. And no, knowing the neighborhood that you said it was in and stuff, uh, it's really, it's quite funny to think that they kicked off the gentrification of that neighborhood. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that... Cafes and... <laughs> yeah. Well, and even... A, a neighborhood where this week there was, like, a very, very flashpoint gentrification armed standoff between, like... Um, like a, a Moorish science temple, like sovereign citizen type guy uh, with the police for like six hours. Which, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, a black man who, who, who shot it out with the police instead of being evicted. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, definitely. Um, I, I don't think it was because of the crime thing convergence. No. Um, well, it's also funny because <laughs> it, it goes right down between two neighborhoods, one of which is a black neighborhood and the other of which is Little Italy. Exactly. Right? Like the yeah. other side of the street that it was on is, is Little Italy. And so it's like... What is, yeah, anyway, that's probably more detail than we need. But it, the, the point is, is yeah, there's like accusation of gentrification where it's like, what neighborhood did you think an urban crime think gathering was going to be in? Like, did you think it was going to be like at the fucking Marriott in like some white neighborhood? Like, like some like yeah, upscale neighborhood? Maybe at the Monroeville Mall. Right, exactly. And then, and so similarly, then you've got Encore, right, which is in D.C. and escapes the do we put it in the white neighborhood or the black neighborhood by being on a university campus, which is like yeah. its own extremely like loaded brand, right. you know, like that's not, uh, it's not problematic, but it's like, okay, but it, it is definitely it problematizes. Like a, the yeah. A cultural signifier right. for a lot of people as to like the nature of the event. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. And so to me, like, I guess that's things like urban gatherings are fraught in this, this, way that rural ga- I mean, rural gatherings are fraught in their own ways, but urban gatherings are fraught in like a series of different ways where you're like, what mm-hmm. space do you choose to hold this thing in? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, even just the accommodation of like infrastructure, I mean, it puts way more of the infrastructure, it seems on the actual individual participant to just, you know, make sure they have their tent or make sure that they can, you know, get transportation with everybody's camping gear out of the city in a way that's like, you know, people able to get out there and stuff. And, and like, 
you know, I mean, that, that stuff can be accounted for. That stuff can be coordinated. But yeah. it is more than just, oh, I took the bus up to the thing in the, at the, you know, the Masonic Temple today or something right. like that. Or this old warehouse space that... Yeah, and, 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 and I guess that's the thing is, it, yeah, with the, the urban gathering, you're putting a lot more resource focus on the organizers, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a higher, higher startup cost, essentially. Right. Where, like, the model for that crime thing convergence was that, like, someone rented an abandoned building for right. two months and spent the first month just, like, trying to fix it enough that, like, no one would be seriously injured. Like, no one and then, fall through the floor. Yeah, and then basically we had to, like, have a, like, a lights-out time where, like, everyone, like, shut the fuck up so people could sleep because everyone was just sleeping, like, in the kitchen and the where and, and the event spaces and all this stuff. Like, you didn't have separate sleeping spaces. Right. You know, and that's, like, like th- that's the on-the-budget version because the Encore was basically a scam where, like, they were getting just like hand over fist thousands of dollars from American University by the end of it to, oh, to yeah. fund the whole thing. Whereas like if you're working on, yeah, on a couple thousand dollar, even a couple thousand dollar budget, like, like what can you really swing in an urban environment? Right. Especially as urban environments move in the direction that they're moving in where like space is becoming such a premium. Mm-hmm. Like the camp out might be like a necessary thing that we return to. Right. Yeah. Like as the, as both space becomes a premium and the surveillance of every single property. Yeah. Um, not just like, I mean, between like the surveillance map that the streets coordinate and like people patrolling the actual streets themselves in an urban environment, there's also, you know, every single neighbor you have to account for. There's every single ring camera that can be accessed remotely to paint a fairly like, a fairly continuous grid of uh, cameras on most space. But um, yeah, and I mean, even like that was Pittsburgh back in 2009. Like Pittsburgh today, like there's no way that that building was actually up to code for an event. No. Like if they wanted to, you know, shut that down because it's a nicer neighborhood now, like they easily could. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what what an urban gathering would look like at this point. Maybe you could have it at like, there's like Hilltop Farm or something, but like yeah. the urban farm. I I don't know, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, it, it could probably done with the correct space and stuff, but like, yeah, that's going to rely, you know, on people actually like having the connection to source a correct space. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean the, 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 the rural gathering, like the, the camp out is, it's a, Earth First and other groups, you know, like Rainbow, have done a lot to create a formula for it. It's an easily mm-hmm. reproducible formula. It's like you have a couple people who are coordinating the kitchen, you know, and then you pull volunteers every morning and you produce food every day. You've got a crew that runs the bathrooms, basically, and you dig trench shitters, mm-hmm. you know, um, or some kind of like composting toilet or whatever. Usually trench shitters. Like I've dug just dozens of shitters over the years Mm -hmm. you know um and you have like a first aid tent and it's like yeah you know you set up a tent for distro and then you've got like a few event spaces that are big tarps Mm -hmm. in areas that you clear um you know if you have a sympathetic person who wants to lend your group some private property that's a best case scenario Mm -hmm. uh but like earth first and the rainbow gathering and crime think have all used just like national forests uh areas over the years sure i went to a thing 
up up in a national forest recently and it was like like honestly it was cool like we we you because national forests are wild like you could camp at one spot and then like there's just like a shooting range over in a different spot where like you like you can have a lot of different kinds of gatherings you know Mm -hmm. uh if people want to fish while they're there or whatever you Mm -hmm. know you can do all kinds of shit um it's awesome nice yeah would you say i mean obviously they're like kind of I mean, they, those can be, like, kind of repressed, obviously, like, in a way that, like, private property necessarily can't. They're, the weird thing is, traditionally, they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, we were talking earlier where, like, there was, like, when, when the Green Scare first hit in 2006, there, I mean, the Green Scare really hard hit in 2005, but the first round of, like, summer gatherings mm-hmm. were 2006, and um, there was the Feral Visions gathering that... Uh, was a pretty young gathering, like as it just hadn't been around that long, and it was like a more extreme Earth First, for lack of a better uh, way to put it. Like it was definitely coming out of like the green anarchist milieu. Sure. And yeah, and they like the the police like set up checkpoints like down the road from it, where anyone coming or going could be stopped. Uh-huh. Uh And they were searching cars and stuff. And so yeah, uh, in in that way. Yeah, being on well, being on public property, um, certainly leaves you open mm-hmm. to harassment in a way that private property doesn't. Um, but like, I mean, I've I've organized Earth First gatherings, and it's like you get a permit from the Forest Service, and as long as you're not the Rainbow Gathering, they're like they're they're most on they're like just don't be the Rainbow Gathering, you sure. know? Like if you guys clean up your trash and are out of here and are not running a campaign. In that particular sector's forest. Right, yeah. <laughs> is, is maybe the other asterisk. Um, they're usually pretty fucking chill with you. Mm. They're busy and they're understaffed. That's good. <laughs> what would you say are the major annoyances of that sort of kind of model of like camping in that way? Um, weather, by yeah. and large, seems to hate anarchists. Like every gathering I've been at has just like been hit by some kind of like like hurricane or just like downpour for days or like a weird heat wave where we were concerned about people. Um, yeah, usually it's like a weird one-two punch of various types of weather. Mm-hmm. Um, some really good tarping folks can are pretty crucial. Cool. Um, and like a cool little like committee to go around and help people with their tents. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'd say weather is definitely the big one. Um, yeah, that's number one. Um, you know, again, get getting out there uh, mm-hmm. is is definitely like transportation. Transportation doesn't have to be that bad if it's outside of a place on a you know a Greyhound route. Sure, then you can yeah. have shuttles. That's what Crime Thing did a lot of the time. Because they were a little more um, uh, infrastructurally rich, maybe I was gonna say cagey about their locations. Oh, okay. Um, that usually there would be like like Earth First usually just tells you where it is, and Crime Think usually had like a like a meetup point, oh. and then they would redirect people from there. Okay. Uh, and and then usually if they had like a public permit, it was just under someone's name, and it was like you know not. Mm-hmm. Not transparent about what the event was. 
Right. Um, and yeah, and so uh, transportation, though, can, can be a thing if it's really out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, definitely, yeah, there are areas that some people feel more comfortable than others, you know, like the... Like, yeah, you, like you talked about earlier yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the town that, that the, not the Earth First Gathering I just went to, but the, the other one that I went to is, like, in a town that in 2020 was just, like, maga the fuck out. Like, every yeah. front yard was, like, big MAGA. And we, <clears throat> yeah, we just, like, went out for ice cream at one point during this gathering and, like, had a crew of folks that, like, looked away, you know, and and other folks came to the ice cream shop that looked a very different way, and I was like, is this going to be a fucking thing? Because it's true, like, towns like that right now are in, like, a fucking groomer panic, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just like, I, we don't need this. Yeah, we need to keep people from fucking on our Zambonis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where was I? Oh, I had a... Fuck. Uh... If we don't have anything else, we probably could also just... I feel like I had one more thing, and then I I dropped it. Um, oh! And... Part, part of me wonders... I, so I don't think there's, like, as much... So, in and around, probably, um, like, Germany, Switzerland, France, near, like, kind of where this milieu, I assume, is fairly constituted... There is, like, a big, like, free party scene, which are all people who were, like, um, I would say, like, I, I don't, I don't know, I, I guess I'm not European, if maybe some European anarchists can actually speak to this, like, it's a lot more tied to, like, the squatter, like, free party techno scene, and, like, van nomad type people, um, you know, the kind of, like, spiral tribe zone, um, where it seems like that is, like, kind of a big autonomous use of um, public or private lands in, like, Europe a lot more. And we don't have that as much in the United States. Like, we have it, we have it, like, a little bit in Wisconsin. There's, like, one camp out that happens every summer uh, even further, which is, like, the drop base network people. Out and, and then there's Catabatic out west, which just happened, like, last week. Well, and Quartzsite or whatever it is, right? The yeah. giant urban, no- not urban, the giant, like, nomadic gathering. And mm-hmm. and we have a lot of, like, um, yeah, just, like, public lands camping, yes. generally. Um, uh, I would wonder, yeah, if there was the possibility to ever do any kind of, like, explicitly, like, anarchist sound system party. Gotcha. Like, I I know may, maybe it's showing my uh, my biases too much, but no fucking no fucking banjos. <laughs> um, yeah, no banjos, no uh, no 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 uh, cello hardcore or whatever the fuck <laughs> bunny metal. Um, but like, if we could just get people to rip like five days worth of free techno and stuff like that out in the woods somewhere with a sound system, like a mounted mobile sound system or something. I think that could be an interesting innovation uh, for specifically anarchists. But I don't know that U.S. anarchists are as much enmeshed in that kind of scene of, like, fast, hardcore techno well, and stuff as they are in, like, the U.K. and, like, England. Yeah, what... The U.K. and Europe and stuff. I guess I, I don't know what kind of music was at that big party in the Atlanta forest. Uh, like you know, I do know a couple DJs who were at that. I think it was a very mixed bill okay. sort of thing of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like, that seemed cool. Um, 
Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that is also, like, a fairly... I mean, yeah, the, the advantage of the banjo is you can walk... You can set up on an apple crate and... Definitely. Um, you can play your shit all night and stuff. But then there's, like... You know, there's the concern of, like, getting a sound system out to the woods and stuff for, like, something more like this, which... It's not like it isn't done. I mean... Yeah. Like I said, like, Catabatic out in, like, San Francisco happens pretty out there and stuff. And, like, shit gets out there. But, like, I don't think you can do that in a national forest either. Yeah. So it might be, like, kind of infrastructurally hard, but it would be interesting to see someone come together just for people to come together with their rigs and gear and stuff and do some kind of, like sound system oriented party like in a kind of fairly like rural area specifically for anarchists to hang out at um but yeah i don't know if the scene out here could support it necessarily as much because like things are just so tied to punk in a way that like i think is like changing a little bit now but like i don't know i mean i think i think you I think if anarchists want to do attempted entryism more so into, like, <laughs> youth subculture space, it seems like electronic music subculture is, like, a fairly radicalizable young group of people. But, I mean, might also be a little bit too much uh, LGBT, LGBTQI consumption party culture sort of thing for... Ooh, the, a subtweet. No. <laughs> stop. Um, so... I guess one thing that I think of sometimes as like maybe why we've seen a decline in the campouts is it feels like anarchy has become in the U.S. has become a much more urbanized like subculture. It felt and maybe this was partially like just because like Crime Think and Earth First were the milieus that I kind of swam in in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But it felt like a lot of like small college towns and I know college towns were a lot smaller than also sure had these like anarchist milieus and so it was always like oh and it's like what a crime think convergence in Athens I think yeah know? yeah there's one out and, and they're always like outside of the town so yeah it's like Athens yes or like Bloomington uh Waldo Wisconsin Whoa. you know and then similarly <laughs> like the earth first gatherings yeah Where's we're Waldo exactly <laughs> No, the, the, people are chanting like something about like 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 a cab means like the Waldo cops too or whatever. And there was like a local there was like, no one have cops. Like we got there's like, a state trooper that comes through every few days to check in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, no, and 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 Earth First has always been the same way where it's like always yeah like out like outside of Missoula or mm-hmm. like outside of. Also Bloomington or like, sure. yeah, like somewhere in like rural Ohio, you know, the areas or like the one I went do, to. Do things being located in the center of the country, I mean, that obviously is like a conscious decision to kind of not make it to like, this is an East Coast thing. I mean, well, there's yeah. regional. Stuff, stuff, stuff happens on the West Coast too. I mean, like the, the last Earth First Gathering I went to before the one in Vermont was like on the border of Oregon and California. Oh, okay. Where I think, I think we were like four hours south of Eugene or something. Like, I have no idea what we were actually near. Uh, okay. Like, really out in the fucking sticks. Um, sorry to whoever lives there and is like, I live in a medium-sized town, exactly where you're talking yeah. about. But, yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I mean, I think in the last 10 years or so, or 15 years, yeah. every urban city space or whatever of, like, a size below 
what, like half a million people has basically all rapidly... If you're if you're between like a hundred thousand and half a million people, you pretty much all live in the same city, no matter where you live. Like everything has like taken on the same aesthetics. Yeah. So like, um, there's a lot more initiative to kind of like, basically integrating all of those kind of cities out of like they're kind of like oh this can be kind of a cool wild city and stuff where you can live and like you know, probably get away with weirder shit happening. Whereas now everything feels like it's getting like broken on the kind of like grid of like, you know, development companies and right. like police and like tech surveillance and bidding for like a tech startup to come and, and like make it a company town and stuff. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm saying is like, to me, like it felt like back then, like campouts almost made more sense because people lived in smaller towns and oh, stuff yeah. happened in more rural areas. And it feels like the book fair thing is like the urbanization of anarchy where it like happens Mm -hmm. in these like at least small but like always cities like always like a downtown area always Mm -hmm. you know and the bigger cities have bigger book fairs and like uh you know whereas like yeah i i I think actually that might be like what campouts have to offer people now is that like so many more people live in urban areas now than even did like 15 years ago Mm -hmm. that like actually getting people out of those spaces for a week um especially if it's somewhere with like bad phone service like you could be doing someone a, a great favor you sure. know i mean do you think um, people flock to urban spaces more now because of the ideological siloing out of like your small town and stuff i'm not gonna lie people a lot more into like urban life i mean i'm not gonna lie that's like half the reason i live in a city is because i don't want yeah. neighbors to want to fucking murder me like yeah, yeah. Like, our city, anytime you go out, like, any direction you go is, like, like, I mean, I, I, I worked, like, 45 minutes outside they, of our city. I, I don't know if people are paying enough attention to our last conversation. Do you think your, your, your neighbors in a rural area would try to kill you for appropriating gay culture? <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> that's fine. Um. But yeah, so I mean, I just... Uh, we don't take kindly to people who dress like uh, gym rat uh, gym rat otters <laughs> yeah. that aren't willing to suck and fuck in this city. Catch a DuPont Circle beatdown. Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think... Um, yeah, I think like more people live in cities now. So actually like if you could provide like rural like wilderness uh spaces for people to hang out in they Mm -hmm. might really like that actually uh but i I do think that it's harder to get people out to those spaces now yeah um for sure cool yeah i think that's all i got yeah that's pretty much i'm beating a dead horse at this yeah all right well i'm donnie fucking don't this is snoopy of camp snoopy um thanks a lot have fun uh, be sure to accurately smother your campfires. Go uh, camping. Go camping. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thanks to Max Race for the library reading and Camp Snoopy and Vale for the topic of the week discussion. This podcast was sound edited by Rosie Sick.